Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Thanks for joining us for the Now You Know Akron podcast. I'm your host, Craig Webb. Our spotlight topic today is one that we're all experiencing, and that's shortages. There are shortages of workers, shortages of materials, and in some cases, shortages of gifts. We'll sit down with Beacon Journal reporter Amanda Garrett, who led a team effort where we all went out, all reporters of the Beacon went out and other papers could contribute to a project where we looked at one single day of shortages in Northeast Ohio. But first, here's three recent headlines from things you should know from BeaconJournal.com. In keeping with the theme of shortages, our reporters Chris Takano, Jim McKinnon, and April Helms took a look at the struggle of schools. In fact, some schools had to close because of the lack of bus drivers. It's been an issue trying to find subs and also cafeteria workers. That team reporter took a look at the complex issue that's facing school districts throughout the Akron area. Helping to contribute to the problem is a so-called fifth surge of COVID cases that's hit Summit County and the surrounding counties in Northeast Ohio. There are being more vaccinated people are being hospitalized as COVID cases rise again and hospitals are reporting the number of beds being used at near peak or at peak so far this year. We will continue to monitor that story and its development from our medical team and also our city reporters. There are some changes at Akron City Hall. Doug Livingston reported that two original members of Akron Mayor Dan Horgan's cabinet are leaving the administration at the end of the year. Press Secretary and Strategic Council Ellen Lander-Knight, along with Chief of Staff Ann McFadden, have made their resignations public. They will be a part of a transition team that will help replace them. City Prosecutor Gert Williams will take over as Chief of Staff starting on January 3rd. For more on these stories and others from Beacon Journal and our online services, you can check out beaconjournal.com for all these headlines and subscriber-exclusive content that you cannot find anywhere else. For today's Spotlight Top, we're joined by fellow colleague and reporter Amanda Garrett, who, and we're going to talk shortages. Uh, Amanda, welcome. Thank you, Craig. Nice to be here. You know, it, it's it's hard to avoid it. I, I, you know, it just struck me the other day. We were we went out to eat, and it was maybe on a Saturday night, and it was six o'clock. Well, almost seven o'clock before six o'clock, and the Arby's was closed at the interstate of seventy one, and it wasn't closed because it's out of business. It was closed because of a shortage of workers, and I know they've shortened their hours, but but think about this. You, you have a, an Arby's at an interstate on, on 71, a giant sign that's, you know, a gazillion feet in the air lit, and the, and it's closed for a lack of workers. I mean, it, it is hard to avoid in everyday life uh, the, the shortages. The shortages of employees, the, sh- the shortages of products, uh, and we found that uh, everywhere from – a dairy farm in Wayne County. So I should, don't interrupt you, but I will. So, so I, I did a bad lead up, but the point is, we this is a project that we did. Um, we're, we're talking in this podcast about a ambitious undertaking that involved how many reporters? It was eighteen reporters, four photographers, and one editor, and a turtle dove um, <laughs> out on a single day, right? And and we know November that day, 18th. history was. 
November 18th, a rainy, cold Thursday. It was a rainy, cold Thursday, and we all spread out, including me, um, and just went here, there, and everywhere, and now we're back to our farm on Wayne County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the, the farm in Wayne County, there's a, a woman who's only sleeping 90 minutes a day, and it's been like this for a long time because two things. Milk prices have fallen during the pandemic, so her profits have fallen 50%. She can't afford to hire anyone. But even if she could hire someone, no one wants to uh, take the jobs for what she's willing to pay. But we see these stories across industries, daycare, restaurants, all over the place. Um, a staffing agency told us that people who made 10 to $15 an hour before the pandemic now won't consider taking a job that's below 15 to $20 an hour. So we're seeing all the ripple effects of that. Well, and it's just in small places, too. I mean, I was looking for a tub of cream cheese the other day at Walmart, and there was not a single tub of cream cheese, generic or otherwise. I mean, I guess I could have gotten some kind of uh, hazelnut brand or flavor, but I wasn't. In, but, you know, it just, you know, walk through the grocery store. I mean, and it, it, it's it's just it does kind of take your breath away a little bit. And you're like, oh. You just what you took for granted, you just can't now. Yeah, and you're not the first person to mention cream cheese. It actually came up in the story, along with a lot of other items. There's a restaurant in Coventry. Their latest shortage was, and they didn't find out to the day it was supposed to be delivered, crackers. And if you serve homemade soup, you want crackers at your restaurant. So that set off a day-long search to find crackers somewhere. And they finally found some oyster crackers, at, but it took a day to get two boxes, and they bought the last two boxes of oyster crackers. But other days for this restaurant, they didn't have chicken for their daily chicken special. And they're still having a hard time getting some beers. They can't get Miller High Life. They can only get Corona, but not Corona Light. Just all sorts of things that you might not think of until you run into the shortage yourself. Well, you do mention bars, and I, I, I do remember being out, and, and you know, the, the answer from the wait staff was, let me go check, because I'm not sure if we can make that drink, because we may not have the, the ingredients. So I, I guess my, my question, Amanda, was, I mean, you, you're, you're kind of the, the quarterback on, on this project, and I mean, did anyone have trouble finding a shortage of the 18 or so reporters? No, I don't think anyone had any problems finding shortages. And there were just so many and they were so different. Um, Children's Hospital is having people come in on overtime, all kinds of people, like people who haven't worked at bedsides for years because they've taken office jobs are now back at bedsides. Um, veterinarians, oh my goodness, there's a nationwide veterinarian shortage. So people are having to wait three to four weeks for appointments, and then they call around to get an appointment somewhere else sooner. And so many have ghosted on their appointments that a veterinarian green is making people put a deposit down on veterinarian appointments to make sure they show up. So all sorts of crazy shortages. And I suppose... I, I mean, you know, looking into the story, do you think it's going to go away? I mean, is, this, is there a magic wand or it's just kind of a new weird, the new norm? Yeah, I think the last woman we talked to is in Summit Mall. And she says, this is such a strange world. 
And that is what it feels like. Economists don't have a great answer. Some hope it resolves itself within a year. Some say it could take longer. And some say they just don't know because everything is rolling with COVID. And as we all know, everything keeps changing with COVID. And now with news of this, I'm probably going to say it wrong, Omicron, um, I think. Does that sound good? Okay. Uh, We just don't know, right? So we all, it sounds like, at least for now, have to muddle through this. In your, in your, you know, what you read from the other reporters, I mean, is it, is this going to spell doom for some businesses? I mean, I, I sit there and think, well, how can Arby's afford to be closed? You know, just lose this business. I mean, just taking the Arby's, for example. I mean, that's money that's, you know, we, we went to Chipotle the other day and they were out of everything. I mean, literally, and it was only like, 630 or so. I mean, how can Chipotle turn the bottom line with no, with just rice? I I, I just, you know, at, at some point, what's the ripple effect, especially for small businesses? I mean, can they really survive not having crackers with their soup? I mean, how long can you do that balancing? I think that's a really good question. Um, we talked to a guy in Talmadge who owns a restaurant and is still only operating at about half capacity. And he's saying, Look, if you're part of a chain, you might have other pockets you can dip into to keep you going. But he said that, you know, he's uh, divorced. He has alimony. This is all he has. And he this summer planned to open a $75,000 patio trying to bring in business during the pandemic so people could sit outside. It's still not done because of material shortages. He also canceled other projects that would have let him open doors to the outside again to stop the spread of COVID. Can't do that either. So we heard a little bit of that, but I don't think people want to jinx themselves, right? They're all trying to get through it. Well, you just mentioned another segment. I mean, and I personally did a story early on the pandemic and the construction industry. Just at that point, the skyrocketing cost of lumber, which I think has kind of come down some in the scarcity. But, you know, they have a scarcity of workers. I mean, you know, that that, that even the construction trades to, to get someone to come in to do a job and find the materials to finish a job. I mean, that's a whole nother range of shortages right there. In Medina, that's hit the battered women's shelter. Um, the shelter is run by Akron. It's the Akron Medina Battered Women's Shelter. And there is an empty house, cold, that has been stripped. It was serving as the Battered Women's Shelter in Medina. But then they started to do this huge, I think, million-dollar renovation project last year. And they had to halt. Um, I guess plywood had gone up to $80 a sheet at the time. It's back down to about $15. But then there's you can't find the employees. But what this means for women and children in Medina is if they need a shelter, they have to go to Akron, which might not sound like a big deal. But if your kids go to school in Medina and you're suddenly in Akron, you have to get back and forth to school, to doctor's appointments, to jobs. There's just all these ripple effects from this. Now they don't know if it will be open before 2023. Well, speaking of schools, you have the mystery whether there will even be school. We're not talking because of COVID, but I think one of our school districts recently canceled school because of lack of bus drivers and whether or not there's enough workers to serve lunch. 
or even teachers to substitute teachers to fill in in the classroom as cases are going up once again. And so with, it's not just a material shortage, but now we have, you know, people who are getting reinfected and, and crossover cases and, and, you know, we have more COVID cases on the rise. Yeah, another big problem is daycare. I guess every daycare in Ohio, nearly every daycare is hunting for employees. And as wages have gone up, they can't find them. And if you can't, if you don't have enough daycare, people can't go back to work. So there again is the cycle. If I can't have daycare, I can't go back to my job. And there's an opening that can't be filled. Well, and every Christmas there's gift shortages. And, and I know PlayStation 5s are still hard to find, but that's also part of the shortages. I mean, with the chip shortage and just, you know, it's just even everyone's advised you to get your gifts early and, you know, just buy it if you see it. And in some ways that helps brick and mortar maybe a little bit because people are hunting for, for, for gifts, you know, more in person than just online. A little bit, but then there's other problems. We talked to a toy store in Kent. They also have a location in Chagrin Falls. And this woman started ordering six months early for Christmas because she anticipated this. Good on her. But now she's got to find what to do with this huge stockpile she has. They're in the process of trying to build a warehouse, but they can't finish it. So they they have inventory shoved everywhere up to the ceiling and in other nooks and crannies. Well, I know I visited the Medina Hardware, which is going to be 150 years old um, next year. And, and they had kind of an odd... Christmas shortage, and he ordered a little bit ahead, but like bubble lights, things you wouldn't even think about, those old school bubble lights that remember from your childhood where the bubbles come up in the light, and, and he has a few on his shelf, but he had just, when I was in there, had gotten a notification of the manufacturer that you're not going to get them before Christmas, that anyone who had ordered other hardware stores and small businesses, that they're sitting in a container somewhere in a port in California, and, you know, that you will not have any bubble lights. If you have not already bought them, you, you may be in trouble this this Christmas. That sounds spot on from and I think some consumers realize that when they see something now, they're buying it because they're worried they can't wait, that it'll be gone by the time they come back. Well, which was a case of a, of a gentleman I, I spoke with who was helping to renovate. Uh, I think the house was built in 1888 and has weird plumbing, you know, kind of odd shapes. And to find those pieces and parts, you know, usually you. You could try Home Depot, you could try Medina Hardware, or even you could try the, the big plumbing houses would have, um, but no one has these pieces and parts. And and in particular, to do your own plumbing, um, and he was his holy grail that he was looking for was the uh, propane tanks, the tiny that you use for camp stoves or you know for small welding projects. Apparently, these are just. Trying to find one of those is is like finding a uh, Furby back in the uh, in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> I love that part of your story too, because didn't he find something else he needed at a box store, and the clerk happened to be unpacking a box, so he just bought the whole box because he knew that he it was would an need odd that. shaped. Um, they, they were odd shaped for for electrical work for little electrical boxes, but because it's an old house, you have to use a weird shape. Couldn't find them anywhere, and the guy was just and he took the whole box. Which, which creates its own problem, right. right? I mean, so like like the toy store owner who bought up all the stock, this guy just bought the whole box. It meant anyone else looking for it, they were out of luck. 
It's sort of like the toilet paper hoarding at the beginning of the pandemic. It's so strange because the pandemic has shifted us on our heads because last year it was the economy was down. Everybody's staying home. No one's buying goods or services. And this year with vaccines and I think just people are worn out, people are out again and they're buying, buying, buying. And now we're seeing this backup everywhere. A lot of it is due to a lack of truckers. There's been a shortage of truckers for about 15 years, but a lot more retired during the pandemic who are older and they just haven't been able to keep up. I think they need a million truckers in the U.S., which is a a remarkable amount. And it takes a while to get those people um, licensed. Those are also the people that drive the school buses and smaller trucks, not just semis. Well, it affects, as we said, all, all parts of our lives. And I, I'm just kind of curious, and this is kind of insider baseball a little bit, but, you know, as a reporter yourself, what is the challenge of getting 18 different voices? Do you, do you try and keep it one cohesive voice, or, or do you like, in a story like this, when people can view it on BeaconJournal.com and, and also in print, I mean, will we hear different voices, or do you try and kind of get the Amanda Garrett voice? Because um, we all have different styles. No, I don't. I think I tried to keep people's voices in it as much as I could. Um, but I also tried to paint scenes as much as I could, too, uh, to try to have a beginning, middle and end. Uh, so that was a little hard. But overall, I think you'll see the different reporters shining through. The other thing is we'll have much more online than in print because there just isn't room. Although Sunday's paper is the story will begin on the front page and it will open up to two pages inside which in newspaper lingo is called a double truck. So there's going to be a lot in there, but there'll probably be another 50% online. Well, and to give you a, a, a maybe a sense of the enormity of this project, I think I just wrote a story recently, this, this morning, in fact, about Keith Urban coming to uh, Blossom this summer, if you're Keith Urban fans out there. And it was about seven inches long. All right. So that's not terribly long. That's pretty short. So by comparison, when you first received all these behemoth of efforts from all these reporters, how many inches was was it? I think it was over 400 inches. It was a lot. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, so you can see that this was not your your, your typical project um, by the Beacon. And, and we've been trying to do a little more, I don't want to say ambitious, but, you know, this is kind of our – a little bit of a change of attitude, you think, or, or, or approach a little bit, maybe flood the zone with, with a topic that, that really, you know, I, I, I like this story because I, I always say about weather stories, people kind of roll their eyes. Uh, the weather is a great equalizer in life, you know. You can be rich and you can be poor and you still get rain on your head, you know. And, and, and I think this is another example of those stories where you, you just can't avoid a shortage. I mean, you can, you know. I absolutely agree. And I I had been reading up on shortages, sort of preparing for this. But the other thing this story does, it not only holds up a mirror to our whole area, I think people will learn something about how other people are getting through this or not getting through this. I just think it's a wonderful snapshot, a moment in time. Is this a scary time, do you think, the shortages? I mean, is it a time for anxiety? I don't know so much of what we're missing. I'll go back to the cream cheese example that pops up in the story and that you mentioned. I mean, we can do without cream cheese. It's annoying, right? Um, so I guess it's about adjusting your dial. If we still have heat and food of some sort, right? 
Um, I guess we're doing okay. We still have medications. I don't see any shortage of medications. So that's good. So I, I think we just have to adjust our expectations. We're so used to, I know I am very guilty of this, expecting to get everything when we want it. Oh, I'm out of this. I can just run to the grocery or order on Amazon and it pops up at my door, sometimes now within hours, which still baffles my mind. Um, so I think we just have to adjust expectations. When I know that we, we had an exchange student a couple of times in, in our house and like the first trip to the super Walmart, I mean, she was just amazed and she just looked at these aisles going, there's nothing like this at home. <laughs> <You know, laughs> we have one choice of corn chips or whatever you have. You kind of get, get used to used to your life and, and, you know, take, take things for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are, we do have overwhelming choices. Just the salad dressing aisle in the grocery store proves that. How many kinds of salad dressing can any community need? So, Amanda, thank you for joining us and, you know, continue. I'm sure you're going to continue to follow this. And uh, we want to welcome you back sometime to, to maybe we'll be updated about our surpluses that we have. Yeah, that would be great to hear. Thanks, Craig, and happy holidays. That's all we have today for the Now You Know Akron podcast. Be sure to join us again next week. Episodes will be released every Wednesday wherever you download your favorite podcasts and also available on BeaconJournal.com and all our various apps. Before we go, we have to thank our producer, BJ Lisko. Without him, this would not be possible. And we urge you to not be part of the shortage and maybe make a shortage of papers by buying one at the newsstand or supporting local journalism by becoming a regular subscriber. If you've already signed up, you have my heartfelt thanks. Until next week. Now you know Akron.